Welcome to Malaspina Theatre Podcast, recorded in our beautiful Malaspina Theatre Lobby on Vancouver Island University's Nanaimo campus. Every episode, we will feature members of our community on a wide variety of different topics, themes, and styles of podcasting. Our goal is to foster discussions important to our community members and highlight emerging talent. We would like to acknowledge the name the Kowatsin, the Talaman, and the Snanawas and Qualicum First Nations on those traditional lands we teach, learn, research, live, and share knowledge. Thank you. Okay, so the button is pressed and we're off and off to the races, which is fantastic. All right. Uh, thanks and welcome to Mousemina Theatre Podcast, which is great. I'm here with a few alumni and just wanted to have a quick chat for today. Cool. So, uh, Dan, you want to yeah. introduce yourself? Yeah, totally. Um, I'm Dan Puklas, uh, born and raised in Nanaimo. Um, currently, I am one of uh, two co-artistic directors for Western Edge Theatre. And, yeah... <laughs> That, I don't know. I don't we'll know. start with that. We'll, we'll start with that. <laughs> start. We'll start with that. And of course, Tom. How you doing, Leon? Good, man. You? Not bad. Excellent. Really appreciate the invitation to come up and talk today. Fantastic. Are you saying that to poke Robin's buttons? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to keep this formal. <laughs> Excellent. When were you here? <laughs> <laughs> when did you go to school here? Um, two lobbies ago. <laughs> oh, shit. Actually, uh, two actually, lobbies ago. That's brilliant. Um, three friends and I got the job one summer to gut this place down to everything that they could allow people to move that weren't in the union. And uh, that's when they brought in all this new stuff. That was a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. My first year at Malaspina, ironically enough, was Mike Tarr's first year at Malaspina. Excellent. Um, I walked up from NDSS and he flew in from Calgary. That's right. You know, and... Uh, Geez, I wish I'd have known now or then what I know now about how much I should have paid attention to that guy. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of people feel the same way. Totally. Myself included. And of course, we have Melissa. Hello. The current student. Yeah, I'm in the current lobby right now. Um, oh, going into my first lobby. This is your first lobby. It's my very first lobby. You pop my lobby chair. It's okay. It's um, okay. This is still my first lobby, too. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> cut that out. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is my going into my second year, and I don't know what I will be doing in the future yet, but I'm still figuring stuff out. But pushing I'm ex- buttons. Yeah, pushing push buttons. buttons. I pushed the that, button you, today. You did that professionally. So Very you're well welcome, done. everyone. Yeah. Excellent. All right, let's dive in. Okay, um, let's, for starters, um, Tom, you've got this new reconciliation theater company? Yeah. Um, or co-op? I guess it's a co-op for now because, okay. you know, we, we own nothing. So um, <laughs> we own nothing together. Um, so, yeah, this is an extension of something that began maybe three or four years ago, the Reconciliation Play Reading Circle, mm-hmm. um, where just a mixed group of Indigenous and non-Indigenous local theater lovers would gather in my house, on my farm, what have you, to read plays by Canadian Indigenous playwrights. And, you know, you can only read so many great plays before you want to do one. So Yeah. Um, Ironically, the play we chose was not any of those choices. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this has been percolating for a while, and uh, coming off of the chance to work with Western Edge and Dan um, on his project, um, we've started up a Sam Shepard play that will be going up at the end of June at the Arts Centre. And I guess 
reconciliation doesn't theater doesn't claim to be any different than any other theater group except for we plan on doing it together. It has a it ha- but it has a focus. It has a focus. You're right. Okay. Um, it has a focus in terms of process. Right. I think we're open to producing just about any play. Yeah. Because we want we want people to be able to do good theater. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is is I want to move away from the to be quite honest when I grew up in theater it was a pretty segregated thing. Um, it was a pretty um, it was a pretty privileged you know middle class pursuit especially the amateur theater groups. Mm-hmm. Um, even as I taught high school I found that theater tended to be something pursued by you know people that had a little bit of privilege. Right. Um, in my role at teaching at John Barsby for 20 years um, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of talented people that weren't necessarily part of that community. Right. Um, and they loved theater and um, fantastic um, in terms of community support. So um, it's time to do that for real, you know. We have these talented people um, that just want to be part of a theater community. Mm-hmm. And I want them in my theater community, you know. I want to build a theater community around that, uh, that new idea of reconciliation. If nothing else, there's a whole, there's a, there's a canon of Canadian works that you can't begin to produce until you create a community of artists that's more inclusive. Um, we see it now today when, you know, now that theatre companies are trying to become more inclusive, they're starting to cast people, but, you know, they have to go hunting for them. Right? Yeah, they're, di- yeah, they're, I was noticing that on, on a lot of the, uh, the equity call-outs is, <laughs> you know, we, I need BIPOC people of color for this particular role or that particular role or something along those lines. Like they're, they're distinctly aiming to try and create that diverse look on stage. It's, it's that awkward stage of inclusiveness where you realize that your previous practice is failing you, but you haven't created the community around you to make the next step natural. Right. Um, until we, uh, reconciliation to me isn't really about the piece of theater you put on or only featuring indigenous voices. It's about working together. It, it's about creating a theater community where, um, you know, we just have in this current play. Um, there's, there's kind of six of us as a core working on it mm-hmm. and we're, we're three indigenous and three non-indigenous people and we're just working together. Great. Um, <laughs> I hear from, uh, I hear from, young uh, indigenous actors. No, not even young. Um, Kim Hilseth came and read her play cool. at the Port Theatre. Uh-huh. And uh, she was even talking about being in high school as an indigenous actor. This is a Governor General Award winner playwright. Right? Yeah. So she's had to fire her entire life. Yeah. But she said in high school, all she ever got was expositional characters. She never got a real right. role. Yeah. You know, how do you cast the indigenous student? Right. You cast them to the best of their ability As for what they're able to do. Stereotypical storyteller. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Looking out to the wind, the hair blowing through the hair. It must be so frustrating to have to <laughs> battle not just against racism, but against this kind of new liberal form of racism. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, which brings up, yeah, which is a fascinating point in itself, right? As opposed to just basic blind casting and you know, being anybody playing anything, there is that sort of very liberalistic, this person's this, this person's this, I have this diversity and that, you know, you know, these perfect um, elements all kind of laid out. We expect certain things, or in traditional <coughs> European Western storytelling, yeah. we, ex- we expect certain roles, we expect certain structures to help us get to the story. Yeah. We need to move away from those comfort zones. 
Yeah. Um, one of the things I did as a high school teacher, this is related, was that I found that being a high school teacher, I could not adhere to gender structures around casting. Right. I had young people that were presenting as non-binary, mm-hmm. and I frankly just had so many more talented young women than I had talented young men walking mm-hmm. through the program. So at a certain point, we just stopped casting based on gender. Yeah. I, I did. I found exactly the same thing a, few, a number of years ago. I did a production of Tartuffe, and I saw it. And I was looking through, and when we did the auditions, I just I just looked for the funniest person yeah. to play Tartuffe. Imagine that. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, well, well, who's funniest? And it was this big, gangly, red-haired girl, and I was like, great, you're Tartuffe, done. <laughs> it wasn't a question of. You know, are you male or are you female? Do you play this? Do you play that? I was like, I don't care. You're funniest. Exactly. Right? You can deliver a line and you've got the right wit and repartee that I'm looking for in the delivery of this character. So I don't care what you look like or what sex you are or what gender you identify as or this or that or anything. Like, If you're good, you're good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And And that's just it. It's like you're based on talent. And it's wonderful to, you know, it... It's great to do that, and you know more people need to be doing exactly that kind of thing, which is fantastic. And you know, it's 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 already paid off in the process. Right? Absolutely, like we're, we're really excited about the production at the end of June. But great. the reality is, is that <clears throat> there's so many laughs, there's so many learning opportunities, yeah. there's so many moments that come along the way, just because we've decided to to work together, right? Yeah. Um, One, what I'm gonna I'm gonna. But in one of those learning opportunities was was Tom's white privilege showing. Um, <laughs> what? 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 So so we do a lot of rehearsals at the Quality Foods in Harewood, right? Okay. And um, we had is, it, is that in the grocery aisle? Or <laughs> I, I was like in the frozen food. There's so many questions to that statement yeah. alone. We yeah, that's all. That's all you need to know, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a meeting room up up um, the upstairs, right around okay. the pub, which is weird to have in the grocery store to begin with. But Tom likes to bring eggs, as you've already witnessed. He's brought in eggs for you. Thank you for those, Robin. by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, he brought eggs. He's an egg guy. But um, he decided that he was going to give me, um, Damon, and Amy, all indigenous people, a carton of eggs. And he just expected us to be able to walk out of the grocery store what? with a carton of eggs. What? What's the problem? What? what? You don't see the problem there. <laughs> I do now. <laughs> Three native people trying to walk out of a store with a carton of eggs and expecting them not to get tackled <laughs> without paying for them. <laughs> That's funny. So, you know. It was, you just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ward and I... The non-indigenous people in the room that day, we didn't give it a second thought. Oh, no, of course Ward not. was going to go carry my eggs to the grocery store and then just walk out. Well, you paid for the other groceries. Yeah, uh, I might have had an awkward moment at the door where I said, "Oh no, they're mine," and then they would. Oh, it would have been a laugh. But, but yeah, fuck if I if I pulled that shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's and but it's moments like that. You're right that we wouldn't absolutely wouldn't have even considered. I learned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Do you ever get stopped with eggs? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No. No. <laughs> Wait for my, it. My dad gives me eggs too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. That's awesome. That's that's hysterical. I was yeah, actually no, I had can... a moment at the Quality Foods where I was with my Indigenous friend, and yeah. um, I I don't think the teller knew I like knew him, and so like he was talking Are you with okay? me, <laughs> and and like I I like you know I was 
I don't know what I was doing, but she's like, he went to go grab something. She's like, oh, like, do you want me to tell him that you left or something like that or that you had to go? And I was like, I was like, oh are, no, like I'm, I'm waiting for him too. And I was just like, I didn't know what she meant by that. Are, I was like, are you safe? Yeah. And I was like, hey, was I acting twice. weird? I was like, I've known him for quite a long time. So like, I don't know yeah, what the problem is like since funny. elementary school. So. Oh, I, I have that. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I have that thing too. My, one of my friends, she's, she's, she's whiter than a ghost yeah. um she she lives in the the, the rich part of town you know yeah. right in the dover area mm-hmm. me and uh, my friend damon go there all the time and the amount of the amount of looks we get after exiting this 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 friend's house is like what <laughs> they, they, they must be putting like a tv back in the car or something that's <laughs> funny wow yeah. I, yeah and so you know this might tell us that we need to get used to seeing different people and in being more inclusive in what we expect. Absolutely. It's not even on stage, right? Yeah. What do we expect walking out of a grocery store? What do we expect walking in a suburban neighborhood? Yeah. Why, do, why do we have these these ideas of what's 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 appropriate yeah, and what's the inappropriate? Yeah, stereo- the stereotypes and archetypes and that are going to be us, right? Yeah. I'm sure do. if I were uh, if I'm sure if I was wearing Crocs it'd be a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find do you find that there is a lot of um, plays out there that are tackling these issues? Oh, mm-hmm. right. yeah, well, you know, if you want to take writ large, um, theater is the great voice of the marginalized, right? Yeah, Historically, absolutely. it's always been that way. You can mm-hmm. follow that through Canadian history with early workers. You can follow it through the women's voice, the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Whoever's been marginalized, theater is the, is the venue to get a voice out. It's one, of, it's no one of the money. first ones, really, yeah. When you have absolutely. no money, when you have no power, yeah. you gather people and tell a story. Yeah. And indigenous people have been, and their writers have been doing that, you know, the, the big names that have, you know, opened doors like, you know, Thompson Highway or Marie Clement and people like that. But it's, it's far more prolific than that. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the titles available on, on, you know, Playwrights Canada Press, there's just, it's, there's so much more material available. But I think from what, from if I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you're aiming at, what you're talking about is actually just finding good plays. Yeah. Like what you were talking about, you're doing... True West uh, by Sam Shepard. True West by Sam Sam Shepard, right? Which isn't particularly indigenous or or reconciliation-based. It's just a really good play. Mm -hmm. But it's the process that you're going about and doing it that is where the reconciliation and the that diversity and that inclusion actually comes into play. Exactly. It's fantastic. It's not always about the end project. It's about building that community beforehand. Exactly. Yeah. Like... Like there, we could have done like many of the different kind of plays that we did during the play readings, mm-hmm. you know, like fucking uh, like Red Sisters and you know stuff like that. And mm-hmm. everyone would be like, "Oh yes, yes, quite a native play, lovely, woo." But like, I don't know. It, it it's what people expect, I guess. You, you, yeah. you see, you you hear reconciliation theater, and you're going to expect, oh yeah, this is going to be tackling uh, issues on the reservation. It's going to yeah, be tackling exactly. colonial colonialism. They're not going to be expecting just a good play with just indigenous, a good play. Exactly. indigenous actors <laughs> yeah exactly which is fantastic and if you flip that around the expectation that we could produce something like red sisters involving <laughs> seven indigenous female actors you got them kicking around and that's but i, I think that's cast that until i build a community exactly you need right? to build the community first right. and once that community is built that's fantastic yeah and so is that uh so is it um 
like the reconciliation theater that you're doing, is that a separate thing or is that under the umbrella of Western Edge? No. Oh, no, this is a completely separate Just a completely thing. different yeah. beast. Yeah. I, I guess what I, Western Edge has been a really, um, they've been in opening up the OV Arts Center, mm-hmm. which is something else that we're trying to do is get theater vitalized downtown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I think is great, by the way. <clears throat> so, you know, I guess... Dan should speak to this, but even I just find that Western Edge has kind of give us some cool opportunities. I've been in as an actor, and I've mm-hmm. been in to help on a couple of crews, and just so nice to be downtown building a little theater. But yeah. Dan knows a lot more about this. Yeah, so tell me, why don't you like swap it over to you for mm-hmm. for a quick sec. Tell me where Western Edge is at, and like what's where's the heading? Well, okay. Well, currently, um, we are kind of in a weird sort of changing moment um mm-hmm. succession plan so, yeah <laughs> however you would say that in a nice professional level yeah. but um myself and brianna weens are in the process of trying to make it a more sustainable thing for for more productions because um in the past the western edge has done stuff just because they could do stuff you mm-hmm. know they that's just how they did it it was really grassroots stuff you know, um, Frank Mohair, you know, the dude was my mentor. And mm-hmm. um, I think even he's realizing that it might be time to change up the, the formula with how Western Edge is going about it. Sadly, I'm, I don't have the professional words to say it. Uh, Brianna Weens is more of the person that does that kind of shit. I'm, I'm more of just the arts person who likes right. to put on plays. But currently we are in a shift and um, depending how the next few years go, I feel like it could be nice and beneficial towards the, um, the, the theater community as a whole for the island rather than just Nanaimo. Oh, that's cool. Because mm. we're trying to be as inclusive as possible towards, for the island. As mm. much as it's great to hire local talent, it's also good to try and build more community all over the island rather than having these weird, um, each theater company feel like a, some sort of click yeah, because um, mm. um, yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, because if if you take a if you take a look at it, like you compare Western Edge to like NTG or something mm-hmm. like that, you it's run very differently. <laughs> right? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to we're trying to find a way so that we can make theater on the island a, an actual big um, big community rather than a bunch of separate small communities, right. so that we don't have to feel like it's, it's actually, awkward. Like inside of an hour's drive, you've got at least five or six different little mm. theater companies, little like mm-hmm. local community groups um, and amateur groups and things like that that are around. So it, it's very, um, I, I, and you're right. There's a lot of little pockets <coughs> of it, and I just I think what Dan's getting at is that we should be more fluid in and out of each other, and absolutely, not, and not feel as though I'm a I'm a Ladysmith Little Theater person, or I'm an NTG person, or I'm a Western. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're just people that do theater. And exactly. Like I've worked with Western Edge. I'd be happy to work with other groups, and I'm yeah. going to be also driving my own projects because I'm an artist. No, that's absolutely, I and I, d- I completely agree with that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm in the same boat too. Just because I, I work for Western Edge doesn't mean I'm just going to be tied down to Western Edge. No, of I'm course gonna, not. I'm going to be out doing stuff. I'm helping Tom with the with True West. Yeah. And I'm working on my own stuff too. Absolutely, so but I think that's the same with uh, with. I mean, that's a fantastic way to look at any theater community is exactly that. Everybody's doing a whole bunch of different things, and that's how you move from project to project. Right? Yeah. You 
work on one thing with somebody and then they're like, hey, you know what? I would really like on this. Would you, yeah, yeah we've got a lot, we had a lot of fun working sense. together. Would you like to come in and work on this? And, and that kind of thing. Um, if, if there's one thing I want to give credit to Frank and Western Edge for that mm-hmm. really shouldn't be left unsaid is their commitment to new work. I oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Been exemplary in the Mid-Island region. I, I don't know of any group that's doing as much new locally written material as exactly them. and uh you know again i was trying to explain it to a musician friend of mine you, these places like ntg and and you know courtney little's theater or you know the wonderful amateur traditions absolutely is very strong in this area very much um but it's like going to a bar because all you're ever going to hear is cover tunes Right. right. They don't do originals. Right. So it's that different level, whereas Western Edge has kind of taken that model of we can be small and accessible and affordable, but we can also reach out and start to produce new work if we're careful exactly. and we and we nurture it. And, uh, you know, Frank being in his position up here has been in an exceptional position to do that. Mm-hmm. And by finding people like Dan, it, it was funny. Coming out of Barsby, I was seeing a lot of playwrights leave my program and then come up the hill. Right. Um, you know, Dan's one of them. Mile Hayes was another one. Yeah. Um, and and eventually Frank and I just kind of twigged. We're like, and I was so happy to know that these kids that I was nurturing, you know, yeah. trying to help them, that yeah. they were being handed off to someone up the hill, right? Yeah, the minute they exactly. made that move, there was someone there and that the relationship was 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 making them produce work on stage. You yeah, know? which is fantastic. It's, it's that new work that I think really separates, um, yeah, like a cover band from someone who's ready to put out an album. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel I feel a lot of the same, much the same way because we see kids who come through our program here and then they're moving off. As I well, I mean, you you're all alumni here and you're still going, but and then you go to a show at Western Edge and they're they all there and NTG and they're they're there and et cetera, et cetera. So they, you see them sort of spreading out and and you, and that community forming. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I've always had the theory that I mean, and I was it's too small to not <laughs> to be segregated. It is. Right, like you segregated, everybody's just kind of doing their own thing and <laughs> begging for crew, <laughs> and, and, and putting in signs that say "BIPOC actor needed, BIPOC actor needed." Exactly right, right. Like we're, and we're, so we're, this we're pointing at the problem. Is these, exactly, these little tribalism approaches to theater is is really it's got to go. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, hundred percent. It's, it's kind of small townish. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. We don't need that. Yeah. We, do, we you know that inclusivity just all around. I think is a great idea. Mm. Fantastic. That's really cool. There should be like a tech program as well to get uh, Indigenous uh, students in because, you know, there is a huge shortage right now. And I just went to the Lake Town Shakedown program, but I just, I don't know many Indigenous uh, kids in the, you know, in this tech program. And so I'd just be neat to have something yeah, not yeah. available yeah. as well, like that. not just for actors as when, well. When I was here, there, there wasn't any, to my knowledge, I don't think. No, you were at... Yeah, that, that was, that was a, I wasn't even like a proper crew. I was a slacker. Yeah. <laughs> like Robin, like what? I went to like four of your classes and I still passed because you were like, oh shit, he's writing a script. That's neat. Keep up. That's theater. <laughs> we uh, we actually have a member of our cast. Her name is um, Amy Shalafu. Uh, Shalafu. Shalafu. And she's an incredible woman. She works by day with Nanaimo, uh, Central Vancouver Island Literacy. She's our Indigenous nice. coordinator. She recently won the Premier's Award for her work in anti-racism. Great. Um, and, yeah, she's the kind of person who is, um, she's a writer in, an, in her own respect. She's been using writing to work with her, her learners and her support work in her community. And uh, she's been writing plays. And then we just kind of bumped into each other through a literacy program we are part of. And 
and all of a sudden there's, there's these dots connecting, right? There's yeah, these that's fantastic. So I wanted to segue back to your to your uh, to the point that Melissa yes. was making that um, she's actually got a program now through um, Métis Nation. They have funding. There's ten kids students. They don't have to be kids. It's not an age thing. Uh, indigenous people that are interested in, in film tech and, and this nice. and this program is like a eight week online program. And that when the, when they'll be done, they'll be ready to be production assistants. And they're probably gonna get a job right away because right away. everyone's they, looking they, for yeah, people. They, so. the nice. the workload out there is huge. They're they're looking for anybody. Right. You know, so. It's um, we're 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 talking about these. The reason that you end up here, right? to take a theater technician's program, you're on a bit of a unique journey, right? Yeah. And it's really actually way far back that we have to make sure that the first steps of those really interesting journeys are available to everybody, right? So that they yeah. can all end up here. So that every school has a drama program. Every, every, every kid who wants to try it feels encouraged to Has a chance to, to give it, it a shot, yeah. You know, um, we're a long way from that, but, you know... Getting there. So 50 years ago, people, you know, got drunk and drive home without seatbelts. So, you know, things change. Yeah. You know? I think 50 years ago, seatbelts were illegal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they were in Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. That's that a one was, finger. That was the one minute. That's the one minute? Yeah. One minute. Yeah. Right. Oh, jeez. So, no okay, pressure. Okay, so we'll wrap up really quickly. Um, no, take, you can take your time. Yeah, all right. Cool. <laughs> you got one minute. Yeah. You got one minute. Uh, well, it's probably 40 seconds now. Okay. 39. Well, in that case, uh, I want to say thank you. Uh, thanks very much for coming on on the. Uh, I know Robin hates this, but yeah, you know, thank you for coming on to the podcast. <laughs> so everyone knows Robin is sitting beside us. Yes. Just yeah, so exactly. Hi, Robin. <laughs> I'm poking with a stick with this. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. So, final plug. When does the show go up? Ah, uh, we're going to be going up at the last week of June. Great. Uh, we're so going to be like hitting a special day on July first, cool. you know, known as Canada Day. And we're going to be offering a pay-what-you-can day so we can get some non-traditional audiences in that day. Great. That's kind of the highlight of a week-long run that'll go from Tuesday to Saturday. Perfect. And we're down at the OV Center, and uh, we'd love to see people come out. 7.30 uh, show? 7.30 show. And uh, air conditioning and cold beer because uh, it's going to be in June. So come on out and have some of both. You know what? You may not have air conditioning and cold beer in your house, but you will at your theater. See, that's great. <laughs> Those are really your selling points. Right? Going you know, on the poster, go out for go out for a cold beer and accidentally stumble into some theater. That's right. I think it's exactly. fantastic. That's right. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, get to see me act too. Excellent. <laughs> the, well, I'm looking um, forward to. It. Can I just say in return that it's really cool to see Mal Spina <clears throat> reaching out and taking care of its alumni? Oh, totally, hey, absolutely. Making connections, to. and uh, I think this is again just. Part of the larger community, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we're trying to aim for, yeah. right? Eventually, it'll all blend together. That is that is the goal. That is the goal. And on that, say thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Adios. Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. And take care. I'm going to press the button now. Okay. <laughs> okay, button. This is really good. Uh, uh, Ouch! Oh, no! <laughs>